Believe inside the ACC. We are back in a brand new week of ball. It is week number 12 of college football. I'm David Gascon alongside is Jay Graham. Jay, I don't know if you can hear it right now. We're about 24 to 48 hours, depending on when people watch this. But I think Josh Allen just threw another pick. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> did, he, like, did he hit, did he hit him right in the chest? You know what I mean? The guy, man. Yeah. I, I, I know we covered the ACC, but I just can't help but acknowledge the fact that when Brian Dable left the Buffalo Bills, yes. Josh Allen and his high-powered arm, something happened along the way. I don't know if it's mind or body or confidence, but everything else, dude just turned into a turnover machine. You know, it's so tough for quarterbacks in the NFL, and especially a guy with his kind of talents. He can run the ball. He can do so many things. But it's, it's like you said, I mean, you know, they got DBs that know what you do. They know your tendencies. You know, these guys these guys are professionals. So they're watching you all the time. They know what you do and know who you like to throw to when you scramble and stuff. So, you know, he's learning. You know, I know he's an older guy, you know, but, you know, Josh is a he's a phenomenal guy, you know, a phenomenal player, right? He's a phenom. He can He can do everything. Is sometimes, you know, you just got to realize, hey, this is this is where I got to eat it right here. I can't throw it right here. Throw the check down. You know, don't try to throw them balls, them, them risky balls in there that's going to get picked off. So he's been a turnover machine, you know, in a new offense that changes things, you know. But I wish they just run two corners and two hitches outside, just basic, right, and just yeah. let him play. And then run variations off of that thing. Let's go scramble drill. And, and I know – that's not what you want to do as a coach. You got all these intricate route concepts and all that. But when you got a guy like him with that kind of talent, he needs to throw some rhythm throws. And ah, it's just tough to see. Yeah, it is. It's it's a tough watch. And part of the reason why I brought up Josh Allen is because we have a handful of quarterbacks this year in the ACC that are mobile guys. And then we have others that are pocket passers. I mean, we can talk about a handful of teams, but that'll leave things off with Florida State and Miami over the weekend. Uh, my first thoughts on this was that Mario Cristobal played this game as close as humanly possible yes. to see if Florida State would lose it. Now, mm. Jordan Travis, as we talked about last week, has progressively gotten better. But I was, one, impressed with Emory Williams. Two, I was impressed with the defense of, of Miami. And third, I don't think that you could take a lot away from the Florida State victory because although it was a narrow victory, it's still a rivalry game, right? So the yes. emotions, the tensions, it doesn't matter. We see this all across the country. If Ohio State's down and Michigan's up, they'll still play toe-to-toe. USC, UCLA, the same thing. And you look at Florida State and Miami. Yes, I know that it's probably cliche. You throw the records all out the book. But it doesn't matter. When you get these two teams collide, interstate matchup, that's how these games are typically to be played. I don't know what your thoughts were, but I was impressed from start to finish. Before, you know, we talked before the game, and I said it was going to be a high-scoring game, but I thought it would be a seven-point game, right? And it yeah. ended up being seven points. But I, I was inspired by the way the fighting crystal balls, Miami, the way they played football. <laughs> they played so hard, you know, they gave it all they had. That young freshman quarterback, Williams, he ran around the field. He did things that you you wouldn't think a freshman quarterback. As soon as I saw him go out there, I'm like, oh, this is over. You know, I'm thinking 45 to 3. Here it comes again. You know, but the defense paid to play this part. You're talking about run game defense? You're talking about stopping the run? You're talking about hitting guys? It was phenomenal. And Jordan Travis, I mean, he's spinning, running, twisting, doing all kinds of things. You could see the, the complete repertoire of what he can do, what Jordan can do. And that was that was what we talked about. He threw an RPO. It looked like he was just throwing the first base. He just 
backed up, boom, popped it in there for a long play. But, you know, contested at the line of scrimmage, Miami did that on defense. They played tough. They shut down the run. Um, they, they got the game into the fourth quarter, right? And it's 27-20. It's two minutes left in the – two minutes and 43 seconds left in the game. It's fourth down, and the young man broke his arm. So, you know, Williams, and I just felt for him right there. You know, and, um, you know, prayers go out to him. I know I know he's going to be okay. They say he'll be back in the spring. But that was a tough way for a young freshman, you know, in that, in that, in that opportunity to get hurt, right? But, you know, Van Dyke came in the game, did the best he could, got a first down, threw two passes through a pick to finish the game. And I felt for him too, because he's been beat up. So, you know, all, all year, but he came in there and did the best he could cold. Um, but it, it was a great game. 27, 20. Um, I didn't expect it to be that low score. And I didn't expect the uh, uh, Miami's defensive play so inspired. So, you know, I saw that uh, uh, after a post-game press conference, those guys were crying, they were hurt, you know, and that's the question now coming into this next game, right? You got Louisville coming to town, you know, and Miami's lost their games away from home, but they, they played tough as of late at home, you know. So this is going to be a good challenge for Louisville, you know, and um, I think the guy, the key is, is this the Miami team that as soon as they lose the Florida State, it goes down the drain. As soon yeah. as they go to lose Florida State, the season's over, right? What kind of team is this? You know, if they're fighting right here, if they're the fighting crystal balls, you got to see it the next week. You got to see it the following week against a strong Louisville team that's gas, man. They're nine and one. Now, if we talk about their one loss, it makes me sick. It makes my yeah. stomach hurt. I mean, Pitt played like, I don't know, the Pittsburgh Steelers that day. They had a pick six. They were doing all kinds of stuff. You know, young, they got a young quarterback. You know, and they were making plays all over the field, but it's still you lost to a team that's only got two wins all year, and one of them is one of them is is against you guys. So, you know, that's something that um, you know, what's your thoughts on that? That's something that um, you know, going to this game is going to be pretty uh, important. Yeah, it, it's weird because when you look at like the Twitterverse, you look at Reddit, you look at some of these college portals. I don't know how often you do it, but you, you don't want to hear the noise if you're a player, but when right. you're in our industry and we're, we're talking heads and we get a pontificate on everything, you know, we get to look at this stuff. And I think the, the typical sentiment from Louisville's camp is, can Jack Plummer have a clean game? Because that right. loss against Pittsburgh, numerous yes. interceptions, as you alluded to, the pick six, which is costly. But Jawar Jordan's clearly the, the horse that makes this thing run. Uh, you know, thrash on the outside oh, is explosive. Yeah. But, but when you look at Plummer, it's like, man, this team is 11th in the nation, but how high could they go? That's the, the question mark that you have for a team like this. And you brought it up. When they're playing now in Miami this weekend, Louisville's a one-point favorite. But I, I would probably be more inclined to take Miami in a contest like this, not only because of the way they played against Florida State, but because the way they're closing out this season, because you think about this, this is different than years past. And we kind of alluded to it last week when you bring in the element of NIL and you bring in the transfer portal. I hate saying this, but you got a lot of dudes that are playing for their jobs. You got a lot yes. of guys that are not only worried about what's happening today, tomorrow, what's happening in school, but they could be out of a slot next season because of what's being displayed on tape right now. And I have this sentiment when you look at the teams right now in the state of Florida, I, I can't help it, whether it's in the ACC or the SEC, I feel like Miami's a quarterback away from making this thing interesting in the ACC. 
I don't know what's going to happen in Clemson. Duke has a fantastic defense, but they need support offensively with the quarterback position. And then you kind of up and down with programs across the ACC, particularly Boston College. Pitt is in a no-win situation right now. And Jack Plummer, you don't know what you're getting from him week in and week out. But if Miami can right the ship to close out this year, you'd never know who Cristobal's going to get through the transfer portal. Because I hate to say it, but I don't think their starting quarterback in 2024 is on the active roster. You're right. And I, I look at this. When you look at Louisville, right? You talk about Plummer. But you know who I'm looking at? The only game they lost to Pitt, who 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 got hurt? Jamar. Yeah, it was you know? So Or uh, and, Jordan was out. Yeah, so if he's out of the game, he is the key to their season. If he wasn't out of that game, they're undefeated right now. Because that right. kid running all over the place. Got about 900 yards, 6.9 yards, rest, 11 touchdowns, hard to tackle, explosive playmaker. He will get five yards no matter what. You know, this guy can play. So if you don't have that 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 difference maker, that that you know, that guy that just changes the game, that that's what Jamar can do for him. You know, that that's what affects them. They play great defense at Louisville and they run the football and they play action pass off of that and make plays. So here's the thing that I look at. Miami's been great against some some really good running backs. They've shut some guys down when they play home. So when they they shut down uh, running back Florida State, they shut down the run game. So if they can continue to do that, you know, lick their wounds, they got some bruises from that game because that was a high level physical game. Um, if they can, if they're fairly healthy, which it sounds like they are, um, I think it's going to be a tough matchup. I think it's a tough game for Louisville, but I hope the they don't play all that man, you know, because if because if Jamar break that break that tackle, he's going to the house. And that's the yeah. difference right there. I want him to play zone. I want him to roll guys in the box right there and stop the run. On the on the other side of this, I, I think about we talked so much about Miami already, but with Florida State, they play against North Alabama this weekend. We're not going to spend too much time on it, but I will say that in a matchup like this, it better be clinical. It better be professional. Yes. And I think their stars need to get the hell out of Dodge at the end of the second quarter because you figure with what's on tap right around it in week number 13, this has to be one of those games where, yeah, the emotions were high against Miami, but you can't take your foot off the gas. I know obviously North Alabama's not a team that they're going to, many people are going to think are going to be within four or five touchdowns. But regardless, you need to make sure your guys go off. Trey Benson in particular, George Travis, Lawrence 12 Philly. Those guys need to get their touches, Keon Coleman as well. If they can be productive for the first two quarters of that game, get them rested up for the third and fourth quarter. I know they have bigger eyes on something much, much bigger than what they have, but you have Washington, you have Oregon, you have Georgia, you have Ohio State. You have all these teams right now chomping at the bit, waiting for someone to fall. And I think, Jay, for all intents and purposes, many people think Florida State's that one team that's going to eventually have a loss. Well, the way they're playing right now, they've run through the conference. Other than uh, uh, Boston College, right? They they only beat them by two points, but for the most part, they've been they've been taking care of their business. I think going into this game in North Alabama, they just want to operate, right? They got to get yeah. back. I'm I, I'm looking at the running backs right now. If I'm the running back coach, I'm like, hey, we're gonna get a lot of carries in this game. We got to effectively run the football, you know. And there's some guys, you know, Jordan Trap. You're gonna try to keep his jersey clean. Right. You go try to get things done and get downfield, you know, and operate. You know, you gonna tell him before the game, hey, we don't need no heroics. We don't need no extra scrambles and stuff like that to get you injured because they're one injury away. If he is the guy that gets injured, that season's, you know, almost done. 
you know, and I think the key is, is to stay clean, to operate, to play at a high level, because you got to keep yourself going and get one more week better because they got to go play Florida the following week. So it's got to be a mindset of, hey, every game we have to improve. Now you got to build depth. You're getting into week 12 now. Those freshmen, them young guys have been sitting on the sidelines. They got to get in the game and get dirty. They got to, we got to build some depth. You guys are going to play full games. We're going to find out who can play, build our depth chart, find our strong too deep, you know, because this is, this is that time of year. You're going to have to have that. If you go into the playoffs, you're playing all the way through January. You better have, you know, that second team, that third team guy ready to go, especially on defense. So I think they're going to go after this game and be, be focused on who are we going to play where, how are we going to play the game? And, and like you said, we want to, we want to, go through this thing very systematic and knock them out early so we can get all our guys experience that need experience. Before we got on the air today, we were talking a little bit about some teams that were kind of hanging out in the weeds. And one of them was Boston college. Yes. I wanted to get your assessment on this because I hate the way that certain guys are comp to older, maybe even contemporaries, but Thomas Castellanos, the quarterback for Boston college, wasn't their regular starter in week one. But he comes in and he adds a different element to their game because he's a dynamic playmaker with his feet and then obviously with his arm. Um, But you hear throughout broadcasts throughout the year that this is Kyler Murray, this could be Jalen Hurts, it could be something of that nature where you have a mobile quarterback. But I feel like, Jay, this guy needs to be Thomas Castellanos. Like He needs to be himself and grow into something different but the assessment on him, although he's young, and we could say it because of where we're at, but he's a kid, and he's right. still learning this game, and he's seeing the speed at this level come after him. Through a couple of weeks, you can't take a whole lot, but now he has a long body of work throughout this same campaign. When you look at him, what do you see? I mean, different than just Kyler. I mean, he could throw the ball. He's not just looking to run. You know, I guess they both did did that, but I also see a young man that's powerful. You know, he can run through tackles. He can do certain things. He can run. I see guys that you say, hey, we just want him to scramble. We don't want to organize the run game towards him. He's a guy that you can organize the run game to run some QB power and get downhill with. You know, he's physical. He can play very well. He can play around guys. He can throw the ball down the field very well. You know, that's the part that he's learning. You know, you talk, we talked earlier about Josh Allen. you got to learn those things and learn when to do that and when not to do that. And he's done a phenomenal, phenomenal job all year, and he's getting better and better. That's the thing. He's young, and he's only going to get better because the way you see him work. You know, and that's the, that's the thing that I see with him. But, you know, there hadn't been many times that you've seen a dynamic player like that at Boston College. Usually it's been like big old, big old husky lineman, a thick running back in the backfield. A real old school, old school gas man, fullback, right, with a bloody nose, his hands taped up, they ain't giving him the ball, and they're gonna get downhill and hit you in the mouth. You know, now it's getting a little bit different, right? They get they're spreading things out, they're they're changing things, which you can see in the future, Boston College is gonna be a team to reckon with. Yeah, it's funny because you hit the nail around the head. You you think about the last prolific passer at Boston College. I mean, you have to go back to Matt Ryan. Right? Yes. Like you go back yeah. to Matt Ryan, but then who was before that that you thought jumped out at you? You have to go all the way back to Doug Flutie. So right. it's like the 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 shades of gray of, of quarterback situations at Boston College. It's it's different from from years past, but Boston College will be at Pitt this weekend, so it'll be a fun one 
on Thursday night. Um, we highlighted Louisville and Miami for a little bit. Virginia and Duke is an interesting matchup, but I, I have to go back to last week, first of all, because of the injury to Paris Jones, the running back for the Virginia Cavaliers. He was injured. Uh, he's still in ICU. Spinal cord surgery for him. It was a scary moment. Wow. And obviously, it was a, a great deal of, of pressure put on the medical staffs for both programs, not only for Louisville, but obviously for Virginia. But mm -hmm. Jones right now is trying to recover from that spinal cord surgery. But going to the game at hand against Louisville, Virginia has been a live dog. It feels like the last three or four weeks. And they've been gamers. Now, they yes. haven't won a whole lot. They only have a couple wins this season. But overall, that's what you'd like to see from a college program. There's plenty of fight, not a lot of Ws, but you feel like these guys will take their punishment now and it'll pay off in years two, three, and four when we fast forward to 2024. Yes, and they're fighting hard, and people forget what they've gone through. You know, when you look back on it, you know, um, the young men that passed away from the shooting, I mean, that was a lot to go through. You know, this team is grieving and going through, through that. And, uh, um, you know, Sean Perry and Devin Chandler and LaBelle, you know, those three young men that, that, that passed away, they got shot. I mean, those things affect you. They affect you within your team internally. They affect your image outside in recruiting. So they're fighting that narrative now. When they go out there and play, they're fighting that narrative, and, and they're going out there and playing well. You know, they upset uh, North Carolina up there. You know, they were able to get that, that game – um, that game meant a lot to them. And, and Tony Elliott mm -hmm. does a phenomenal job, phenomenal man, as well as coach. And and I, I think going through that situation, there's no better head coach than, you know, Coach Elliott in that situation, you know. Um, but that has been difficult. But, but they are fighting hard and they're building right now. You know, like I said last week, y'all, they got all these plays that are great plays, you know. But it's like, ah. You're that close, you know. They just don't execute the play. You root for them because of what they've gone through. It's going to make them stronger in the end. I'm sure they're closer together as a team, you know, because of this situation. But, it's man, guys, man, it's very hard to go through the situation they, they went through. Parents went through that situation, you know. Administration went through that situation. University went through that, you know. And so this is something that they're building, you know. They're, they're healing from the scars, and they're playing good football right now. So I'm inspired by the way they're playing. They're playing right now. Everybody in America that's a college football fan, they're rooting for, you know, Tony Elliott and the um, Virginia Cavaliers right now. Take me through this. I need story time with Jay real quick. When you uh -oh. made the jump from, from high school to college. Yeah. And I bring this up because I had an interesting conversation with a couple of coaches last week. But you're 17 to 18 to 19 years of age. Yes. What was that like for you? Like, was that just like a, a bucket of cold water dumped on you? Or did you feel that you were comfortable once you made that leap from, from the high school level to the collegiate? I'll tell you guys, first time I got in the game, right? I get in the game and running back. And it's like, go out there, right? So you hear it. You know, you stand on the sidelines. You know, it's different. I had three running backs win the NFL in front of me, right? Charlie Garner went in the NFL, right? James Stewart got drafted in the first round. Aaron Hayden, third round pick, right? So I'm a freshman. I'm sitting there. I'm like, hey, I'm 14, right? Maybe fifth. But, but it's me and my buddy. We're sitting up there. We're like, man, it's time to get in the game. We're up by a lot of points. We're up by like 50, right? So I'm like, <laughs> we're going to get in this drive. It's going to happen, right? So when the coach weighs me over, all of a sudden, I, I just don't hear anything, right? 
it's like death, right? You go out there on the field and people are still there cheering, right? Half the stadium, maybe. You know, and you get in there in the game and the quarterback called the play, right? As soon as we broke the huddle, I forgot what he said. I was like, <laughs> what is the play? I'm not even joking, right? I'm like sitting yeah. there like, what is the play? So I'm just sitting back there, and we're in the eye back in the, back in the day. So I was like, I guess I'll go right. It's probably a play strong. So when I get the ball, right, I just get the ball and run. And you know what? The first, my first play was like this, guys, man. And then next, you know, I get up and I hear my running back coach yelling, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" You know, and I ran outside. It wasn't even a right hole. It was a power play. I ran outside in a D-gap, cut back a couple times. I got tackled for a loss, you know, and that's my first play. And from that point, you got more and more comfortable. But it's amazing when you get nervous, what you don't hear, what you don't see, what you don't understand, what fear does. And it's not the fear of playing football. It's just a fear of an uncertain situation that you've never been a part of. You know, college football is totally different. And when you jump up to that level, I mean, it is totally different. So it's it's even that much more special when I see freshmen, right, that can go yeah. in there cool and calm and start making plays. You know, my maturity level was, uh, you know, it was pretty middle to low at that time. I'm 18 years old, young buck. But, man, yeah. that first play I will never forget. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fascinating when people ask or if there's, like, some kind of semblance to what you can be like. I would probably say the closest thing to a modern day individual can relate to is like if you're a 16 year old kid getting on a high speed freeway for the first time ever when you get your driver's license. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, the game has changed a lot, but size maybe matters a little bit depending on if you're an offensive lineman, defensive lineman, or a tight end or linebacker. But for all intents and purposes, it's a speed. It's the speed when you go from flag football to high school tackle oh, yeah. football then the college football and then the nfl because those gaps those windows are so short oh. but yeah there, there's nothing like it i gotta imagine the the butterflies that you had once you were going in there it was just unlike anything else i would love to have like a gps and a heart rate monitor on you like they would do for uh for <laughs> poker players when they're all like in the world series of poker like you had that dialed up on your wrist watching to see like exactly where jay graham's like heart rate monitor they probably would have called a medical timeout and came out there and got me. That thing was going something crazy, yeah, get, my heart rate. Yes. Get you a sedative, right? <laughs> I, I bring that up because I, I think in an element like this over the weekend, we're going to have an interesting contest for two teams that really need this W. And you can say that about a bunch of teams in the ACC, but you're going to have North Carolina and Clemson go at this. And – you figure with where we're at right now in the season, the expectations for North Carolina have not been met. But right. Drake May is going to have a lot of attention on him because of where many people think he should go in the NFL draft coming up in 2024. Kate Klubnik on the other side of things probably played his best game of the yes. season last week against Georgia Tech. Had four touchdown passes and one INT. But the question is, is that a game that pull votes him to a tail end season where he's going to light people on fire or is he going to regress in a game like this? Do you feel like all the attention should be on both quarterbacks or do you think it's going to go somewhere else? Well, Kate is already, you know, Drake is always going to have the spotlight on him. I mean, yeah. and he loves the spotlight. 
You, you know, it's funny. You watch that game. It's so it's like jam packed. They go to overtime. And you look at him and he was like smiling. He's looking like happy as can be. I love that kind of guy. I mean, he's like smiling. He looks like he's about 12, you know, and I'm looking at him. I'm like, this guy loves it. He loves to be in a pack, you know, in a tight game that's going down to the end, you know, but he, he made that one play. He re- looked like he was going to run it inside and he just flicked the ball. I mean, that's the thing that you see with Drake. I mean, it's always when you're playing against a quarterback like that, he's going, he's going to be ready, you know, and it's the show is about him. You know, so Cade shouldn't even try to compare himself to him. He needs to he needs to recreate what he did last week. Four touchdowns, 23 or 34, I think. You know, the one INT he needs not have, right? You know, and not try to force things. And the thing he did, he just – you're seeing it right now. These young guys that they have at Clemson, they've developed them. You know, you're starting to see those guys play. They also had, you know, plays where they intercepted the ball, right? They had four picks, I think, right? And all by freshmen. That is one thing that stands out to me, that they're starting to get those guys in on defense. And that's been the key, I think, for Clemson in the, in the, in the turnaround. They finally got that defense rolling. They're shutting people down and playing high-level football, which gives you more plays on offense to see that defense. So now, you know, you get your comfort level, and they're not turning the ball off, ball over the way they were. They're getting turnovers. So when you win the turnover game, and play the way they have and have interceptions for touchdowns. And you get those freshmen now who had to develop and had to get experience and had to go through that, get into the first play that moment. And it's like, Brr, you know, and then had to get fussed out and, and learn how to play in the football game. They're starting to play at a high level. Now you're starting to see Clemson football. And the one thing that I heard um, Cade say after the game, he said, it feels pretty good when you win and people pat you on the back for winning. This Clemson program went from, hey, I put the Clemson uh, Tiger Paul hat on and we win, right? Yeah. We go to the Orange Bowl. We go win national championship too. No, you got to prove it because you're going to get right. everybody's number one game. You got to prove it now. And they love beating you to, no, no, no. We're not, we're, we're going to worry about winning. That's the key. It goes, come back. It comes back to how do you play winning football and do you have more desire than a guy across from you? You know, and I think they're getting to that point. They just want to win. They want to play winning football and win. And I hats off to that staff because they've done, they've taken all the bullets. Dabo's taken all the bullets. He got tired of taking it, right? And he he brought that energy to, to his team. His team is tired of taking it and they're ready to play at a high level. So it's good to see Clemson recreate. You know, they start yeah. off and you have those years, you know, and they're recreating it and they're coming back up the hill now. Yeah, it'll be fun. I, I think this is probably the most entertaining game in the ACC yes. this weekend. And no surprise, the over-under total in this game right now is at 58 and a half. But, you know, you have Drake May on one side, J.J. Jones, Des Walker, Marion Hampton in the backfield. I think this is going to be an awesome contest. And now yes, the question is. mark is, can, can Klubnik keep pace with Drake May and company? I think he will because I think North Carolina's defense is susceptible to the big play. Jay, I got to put a bow on this thing, but awesome to catch up with you again with Week 12. There's plenty of games obviously, over the weekend. A lot of meat still left in the bone. I guess the question mark is, can the ACC have that team make it to the college football playoff? We expect a Florida State victory, but obviously another rivalry game next week in week number 13. Looking forward. We're looking forward to this. This is going to be an exciting end to the season. You know, we got we got some guys playing at a high level. You know, I, but I think they had a chance. 
ACC had a chance to get Louisville in, and I know Louisville was feeling, but they can get into that BCS Bowl con- conversation if they can finish out strong and you go to play a tough Kentucky team. You know, but I think, you know, I'm having to reverse what I said before the season. I was like, there's no way Kentucky can beat Louisville. I'm about to eat my words. You know, I'm about <laughs> to eat my words right now because Kentucky, you know, is playing at a high level, but look at Louisville. And if they can keep that running back healthy, I'll tell you what, he is hard to bring down and he changes the game and he changes the scoreboard for Louisville. So excited yeah. about this season. Excited about what we're uh, what we're seeing right here. Excited about these games this weekend. It's going to be some big games. And and um, um, I'm saying it right now, if you look at it right here, I think Miami, Miami is going to win. Why Miami is going to win this game coming up, right? They got Louisville coming in there. They can stop the run. I think they win this game by three. By three. This wow. is going to be a low-scoring affair. This is going to be it's going to be hot in that box in, from tackle to tackle right there. I think they're going to shut down shut down the big time running back right there. And I think I think that um Van Dyke is going to re- resurge right here. He's going to take care of the football. You know, he's going to he's going to play hard. They're going to lick their wounds and they're going to they're going to get after Louisville. That's what I think. Yeah, well, I'll see what happens. I feel like the same way too. If they can keep Jordan <laughs> under 100 yards rushing in this contest or somewhat manageable, make him work for that yardage, I think they give themselves a fighting chance. But I think it goes down to both quarterbacks, Plummer and Van Dyke. If they can keep their turnovers one or fewer, I think that team will have the victory when it's all said and done. But, Jay, it's great to catch up with you again. We're going to do this again next week. But for Jay Graham, I'm David Gascon. Thanks for watching Inside the ACC. Week number 12 this weekend begins on Thursday night. We'll catch you again next week. Good stuff, man. Cool. Nice.